things have always changed and we've always evolved. You know, people talk about all the jobs that are going to be automated away, and there will be some, but they have those discussions without really realizing that all these new technologies are going to create as many or more jobs as the ones they destroy. And new technology does that. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, formerly known as Improv is No Joke, where it's all about believing that strong communication skills are the best way in delivering your technical accounting knowledge and growing your business. An effective way of building stronger communication skills is by embracing the principles of applied improvisation. Your host is Peter Margarita, CPA, a.k.a. The Accidental Accountant, and he will interview financial professionals and business leaders to find their secret in building stronger relationships with their clients, customers, associates, and peers, all the while growing their businesses. So let's start the show. Welcome, everyone. My name is Peter Margaritas, and I'm your host. Today, my guest is Bill Sheraton, who's the Chief Communications Officer at the Maryland Association of CPAs and the host of the podcast, Future Proof. The Maryland Association of CPAs started this podcast on, wait for it, wait for it, April 15th, 2018, and Bill has interviewed a wide variety of leading thought leaders in the accounting profession and in corporate America. I asked Bill to be a guest today and to share with you what he is hearing from those who have influence in our business world, and he's got some really great stories. Just as a teaser, some of his guests that he's had on his podcast consist of Barry Melanson, the CEO of the AICPA, Samantha Bowling, who's currently the chair of the Maryland Association of CPAs Executive Board, Tom Hood, who is the CEO of the Maryland Association of CPAs, Daniel Hood, who's the editor-in-chief of Accounting Today, just to name a few. So our conversation is around, is the profession moving in the direction to becoming more future-proof? Or another way of putting it, are we future-ready? Now, I have been exploring that question on my podcast over the last 8, 10, 12 months, maybe even further back. And what Bill is sharing with me is that the conversation in the profession about being future-proof and or future-ready is starting to move in the right direction, but still just a little slower than we hoped. So before we get to the interview, I want to share with you that Change Your Mindset is now being distributed on C-Suite Radio. You can find Change Your Mindset and many other outstanding business podcasts on C-Suite Radio by going to www.c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. So with that being said, let's get to the interview with Bill Sheridan. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm with my favorite Cincinnati Reds fan who lives in St. Louis but works in Maryland, Mr. <laughs> Bill Sheridan. Welcome, Bill. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing great. Like we were just talking before, eight days until pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, heaven on earth. For me, that was the best part of the Super Bowl was, <laughs> was knowing that we were less than two weeks away from baseball season. So, yeah, I, I concur with that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right around the corner, and there's nothing better than spring training. And because and, we've had kind of a weird winter here, and I'm just ready for it to be warm consistently. Yeah. There's this, there's this sense of optimism every spring for, for us Reds fans that, you know, lasts about six weeks. But that, that feeling at spring training that, you know, hey, we've got the same record as everybody else right now. So, uh, I, I, I always enjoy that. Yeah, we're, we're still in the running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bill and, and the Maryland Association of CPAs, you guys started your podcast called Future Proof on, go figure, April 15th, 2018. Yeah. And... We, we, we chose we chose uh, we chose badly, uh, poorly for for a, a starting date. When you're talking about an accounting podcast, April fifteenth is probably not the best time to do it. But 
you know, I, I can't change it now. No, no but it, but it's kind of apropos. My, my first book when it was released, that was the release. That was my goal to have it released on April fifteenth. Missed it by two <laughs> days, but that's just around here. Uh, you've got forty-one episodes. I've I've been a I've been avid listener. Now I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to the vast majority of them. And, and as I've told you, you've done a great job on this podcast. I, I, I love the I love the interviews and, and what you're getting out of folks. But I want to interview you about your podcast. I want to know what your audience is telling you. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is the accounting profession telling you about are we future-proofed? Yeah. Or um, are we future-ready? Right, right. A couple of different answers there. They're telling me a lot, a lot of different things. And the short answer is no, we're not future-proof yet, future-ready. Um, but we're getting there. We're, we're we're at least starting to pay attention. So for a long time, it seemed like you know Tom Hood and I would be out there beating the drums about paying attention to to the trends that were coming at us, the things that we were seeing that we we thought were important that accounting and finance pros needed to be paying attention to. And it, it seemed for a while that um, the general um, reaction was, "Oh, well, that's interesting," and I'll get to that when I can. And now it seems like they're starting to realize that. This stuff is real. Um, it's not going away. In fact, uh, it's starting to impact them right now, uh, and, and they need to pay attention to it. So that's that's encouraging that they are they are starting to to pay attention. I mean, you know, it, it's it's and and it's not you know it's not surprising that they haven't at this point. I mean, when you think about the profession itself, it's accounting and finance pros spend their entire careers looking behind them, right? They're, by definition, they're accounting for things that. Have happened in the past, and, right. and uh, so turning around and looking through the windshield and noticing what's coming at you is, isn't a muscle that they've spent a lot of time building, and and so it's they're just starting to to do that now, and and uh, the more they do it, the better they'll get at it. So that's that's our hope is that we're just presenting things that we think are important that they think they need to be, we think they ought to be paying at least a little bit of attention to, and. And just making them aware. I mean, becoming future ready, it starts with being aware of what's going on. Uh, and so that's our goal is just just to kind of share with them what we're seeing in the hopes that it might spark an idea or two about what they can do to uh, to better prepare themselves and their clients. Well, off of that, I mean, when you, the very first episode that you launched, I mean, you came in strong. You brought in Daniel Burrs. Yeah, uh, the anticipatory organization. Now, I will say that I've I've heard you and Tom talk about the anticipatory organization, and I kind of had an idea about it, but I needed to pick up some CPE before year end, <laughs> and I decided to take the anticipatory uh, online on demand course through um, MACPA, and I was blown away. Actually, yeah. and I've I've got all that information, all that those materials, and I'm going to start applying that in my business. This month, uh, and starting to try to trickle that in because it became very apparent to me these hard trends that Daniel talks about. I mean, they're right in front of us, but we, oh, yeah. we just don't recognize it as a hard trend. Yeah, and that's the the, the cool thing about what he's done. So Daniel Burris, one of the, the the top futurists in the world, and he's built kind of this online learning system that he calls the Anticipatory Organization, uh, and and we um, at the NACP and BLI worked with him to, to kind of customize that for the accounting and finance world. Um, we call it the Anticipatory Organization Accounting and Finance Edition, or AOAF, kind of a, a mouthful, but we, <laughs> we refer to it as AOAF. But the cool thing about it is, you know, when you talk about that, that, that concept of, of anticipation, it, it sounds a little out there. It, it sounds, you know, not like a little nebulous, you know, soft around the edges, but it's really not. And what he's done, what Daniel Burris has done is built the system that actually teaches you how to do it. It's a skill you can learn. You can learn how to become more anticipatory. Uh, and not only that, but to actually apply what you've learned to your specific job, right? So that's what's really cool is, is that he's, he's, he's got a, a, a number of Lessons in there that make it really tangible and and real world kind of um, skill that you, that you can actually learn and apply. So, and we're seeing more of that too. More people are starting to offer the skills that 
we've been told time and time again that accounting and finance pros are going to need to remain relevant going forward. And they're not the same skills that, that we've been using for, for generations. They're, you know, I hate to call them soft skills, but that's the term that everybody uses. They're really actually hard skills. Uh, they're <laughs> things like yeah. critical thinking and, and strategic thinking and, and communication and leadership and, and all of that type of stuff. We've been told time and time again, that's the stuff that we're going to need to know how to do in order to remain relevant going forward. And anticipation is one of those skills. And, and so Daniel Burris is, is one of a, a number of people out there who are starting to offer those skills. So that's, you know, again, that's, that's the other great thing is that we no longer are just talking about the skills we're going to need. There are people out there actually providing them. And, and so that's, that's, a great, that's another great step toward becoming more future-ready is, is being able to learn how to do the stuff that we know is going to be vitally important going forward. Yeah, I've always said they call it soft skills, but I, my comeback to them is, but would you agree that they're pretty hard to master? Yeah. And then no, I get, no, get that head shaking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they sound kind of warm and fuzzy, but they're, they're, they're critical and they're... What's interesting is that most of them are, you know, as we... We're sitting here in this age where we're, most people are talking about, you know, technology, automation, um, artificial intelligence, and blockchain, and all this other stuff that's, that's coming at us, and and the, these high tech concepts and and the skills that we're seeing. Most people say we're going to need to become a little bit more future ready are are actually more human related skills, you know, uh, collaboration uh, and leadership and uh, communication and things like that. So. Interesting that you know, as as technology continues to advance and make our lives more our lives more chaotic, that the skills we'll need going forward are, are skills that bring us a little bit closer to one another. You know, and, and that's you know, he was, as he was saying, uh, one of those hard trends is technology. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, I just um, uh, this year I just got the um, iPhone 10 uh, XS, yeah. I believe. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I could have gone in and said, can I get a flip phone? <laughs> no, um, and his point was, you know, the, the te- we're not going to go back to a dumber phone. I think we, we've used that term. No, we're, the, the technology is going to continue to grow. We, we can anticipate that. And, and um, where I want to take this, you mentioned artificial intelligence and, and blockchain. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first heard of blockchain, I thought it was an intestinal disorder, but I found <laughs> out that it really is for some accountants. It can be. But it seems like AI is... is impacting the profession more so than blockchain. Blockchain may be three to five years away, but with artificial intelligence, and I guess my question is, we know that large organizations, and I'll use McCormick, who are using these robotic process automation, RPAs, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To reconcile accounts where it would take, it it is displacing jobs. and. It is, but it's able to do something in such a, a, almost like a nanosecond, but then it it provides the data to a person and says, you need to look in these areas and go go search this out and then be able to communicate that up the line. Right, right. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's doing incredible things and you're right. It is, I mean, the the, uh, accountant's uh, worst, Nightmares are, are 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 coming true in a way that they said these these technologies are going to displace some jobs. Yes, <laughs> but as a uh, um, egg class from Sage says, uh, you know, I interviewed him and Ron Baker for for the podcast at one point, and that kind of humorously said, you know, look, if you, if your job can be automated, your job probably sucks. <laughs> and, um, you know, and and so here's here's the point, right? I mean, the the machines are coming in and they're they're automating away the 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 busy work, the grunt work, the stuff that we're you know the number crunching stuff that we've spent a lot of time learning how to do and spent a lot of time just we we do that over and over, right? Right? But um, they're able to do it faster and and um, uh, more accurately than than we ever will. So let them do that, and that frees us up to learn some new skills and add higher value type stuff. It's, it's, it's not crunching the numbers anymore. It's kind of telling the story behind the numbers. And, and, there's, al- and it, there's always a story behind the numbers. Oh yeah, as you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, you're, it, you're right, it's, it's, it's here and it's happening faster than ever. I mean, 
you know, Watson, let's use Watson, IBM Watson as, as an example. They it got its start back in 1997, I think. It was called Deep Blue at the time. This, this mm-hmm. machine that IBM built um, specifically to see if they could build a machine that could beat a human being at chess. And it did. It beat Gary Kasparov at chess, the, the world grandmaster. And then uh, you fast forward to 14 years later, 2011. So uh, Deep Blue had evolved into Watson at that point. Watson was built specifically to see if they could build a machine to beat a human being at, at Jeopardy, the, the game show Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did. It beat the, the two, uh, the two uh, gentlemen with the, the world record holders for highest winnings in Jeopardy. This machine beat them at Jeopardy. And, and we all kind of look at those things and thought, well, how, how cool. Look what the machine can do. And then we just kind of ignored it and went right back to, to doing what we always do. And then uh, it was about, I think it was 2017 or 16. I can't remember which one, but, but just not too long ago, KPMG announced that they were applying Watson's technology to its entire suite of uh, professional services, right? Including tax and audit and, and things like that. Uh, and, and suddenly it was real, right? It was impacting the profession. And yet still, a lot of us weren't really paying attention because at that point, only like the biggest companies with the deepest pockets could afford to play around with this stuff. Right. And then just 18 months after KPMG announced that, um, you get something like this. So one of my recent guests was um, uh, Samantha Bowling. In the interest of transparency, she is the chair of the MACPA's board of directors. But she is also a partner with uh, a, a smallish CPA firm here in Maryland. And she started using a, 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 an artificial intelligence solution called MindBridge AI in her firm. And, and suddenly, it, you're now talking about a small firm being able to afford to play with this technology. In just 18 months, we went from the, the biggest firm's we're the only ones being able to do this stuff. And now it's, it's available to everybody and it's giving small firms a key competitive advantage that they, they didn't have before. So that, that, it's, it's, that's kind of a long story to say that this stuff is moving faster than ever and it's, it's becoming available to more people than ever. And we need to start figuring out how it's going to benefit us so that we can use it to, to benefit our, our clients and customers. Um, that's what it's all about. But we're and, and that's going to be happening over and over and over again. You you mentioned blockchain, and you're right. There aren't a whole lot of solid stories or examples that we can point to with blockchain as far as how it's impacting the profession. But but they're coming. We will see them, and, and the profession is paying very close attention to it. And given the exponential rate at, that technology is advancing, it, it probably won't be too long into the future before we start to see some really tangible examples of how blockchain is starting to impact the profession. So, you know, again, technology, it's a hard trend. It's not going anywhere. And this type of stuff is going to happen over and over and over again. And we just have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> with new technology because uh, it's, it's just, this is the new normal. Yeah, well, with blockchain, I, I've I've heard people say it's it's great right now in supply chain, uh, and and looking at um, I, I think it was I think it was Walmart they had a mango issue, and yeah. they were able to use blockchain within a matter of seconds to figure out where the source of the bad mangoes were coming from versus the romaine issue that we had this past year, where it took maybe a couple of weeks until they figured it out. It was somewhere in California. Right, uh, in order to get to, from a supply chain management perspective, but from a ledger three dimensional type of, I still have a hard time getting my mind around it. But we'll we'll eventually get there. Uh, I mean, it's at some point it's it's going to have an impact on the profession. I mean, there there are some wild um, guesses out there. There was a, a, a panel of educators at New York University not too long ago. One of them said he thinks that audit is going to be dead within 10 years, thanks to blockchain. Now, that's, that's, a, little, that's a little out there. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm not quite sure that we're going to get... I mean, you know, blockchain right now, it's really high on the, on the hype cycle right now. And everyone's talking about it and everyone's trying to figure out how it's going to impact us. 
And it, it's smart to be paying attention to it. The AICPA is working with, with a number of different organizations to, to figure out you know, how the profession might have to evolve because of this. And that's, that's really smart because you know, it, it may very well have a huge impact on us. We, we need to start figuring it out now. The point is, you know, there, it, it's not having that impact yet. We don't know exactly what the impact's going to be, but the potential's there. And, and so we need to be talking about it and paying attention. We both had on our podcast, Amy Vetter, who does a lot of work with IT and, and has a very good understanding and, and deep knowledge uh, of blockchain and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think when I go back and listen to her episode and, and converse with her, I, I think what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing is same thing you're saying. We, we're still a little bit out there with it to start to impact it, but we need to understand it now. Oh, absolutely. So versus, you know, versus what we typically do. Oh, I'm not going to worry about this new revenue recognition thing until it becomes a, and, and then we're still putting it off to, oh my God, it's due now. Mm-hmm. It, w- with this anticipatory type of, of, of being future proof and future ready, we need to start learning blockchain today, even though it may not impact us for about a year or two or three out to gain that knowledge base so we can explain it to our clients, and I use the term clients broadly in the sense of public accounting, business and industry, our internal clients, our external clients, and to our community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll give you a couple other examples of, of we talked about that concept of, of anticipation and getting ahead of this stuff. So this whole idea of anticipation is it, kind of a three-step process. We call it aware, predict, and adapt. So first step, being aware, right? What's going on? Just understanding it. That's the first step. Predicting is step number two. So predicting, now that I'm aware of it, what kind of impact is this going to have on me and, and the people that I work with? And then adapting, what do you actually do about it? So we've got a couple opportunities right now. I, one of my guests was Rick Richardson, who's a, a CPA and kind of a tech futurist. Uh, and I, I was just asking him, you know, what are the, what are the, Big trends that you're watching that are you think are going to have the biggest impact in our lives in the very near future. So here's a great example. One of them he cited was 5G. So the <laughs> the next iteration of of Wi-Fi, which it's not theory anymore. It's coming. It's it's in in some places it's actually here, and it's going to allow us to do things. It, it, they're saying it's going to be the networks are likely going to be ten times faster with 5G. <laughs> going to power everything from you know driverless cars to the internet of things. So here's a question for accounting and finance pros out there. How can you take advantage of 5G uh, in a way that will benefit your, your clients and customers, the people that you work with? These are the, that, that's the muscle that we have to start building. We know this is coming in, in very short order. So what are the opportunities embedded in something like that? And, 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 it's, and we need to start thinking about that now before it hits mainstream and evolves into something else. So that's these, this idea of anticipation. It's, it's building that muscle of just spotting something that we know is going to happen and figuring out how it's going to impact us and what we can, what we can do about it. So, and, and that's, that's going to happen over... No, voice search is another one. I mean, you know, Alexa is not just this, this cool toy that we're playing around with. We, voice search is going to evolve and become more and more powerful. How can we take advantage of that? that that's the kind of discipline that we have to start building uh, as, as we go forward because we're just going to see more and more of this type of stuff as time goes on. And I don't remember if it was uh, CBS Sunday Morning or, or, or 60 Minutes, but they did a piece on 5G to explain how that, that impact and how powerful it is because it doesn't work from cell towers. It works from nodes mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's all these nodes. But one of the challenges with that is urban areas, St. Louis, Columbus, Baltimore, will have access to 5G. But those who are out in the rural areas, it may not reach to them. And there's going to be a big disparity in the ability to use the internet and the cloud if you're out in those rural areas. So think about anticipating, if you've got clients in these areas, when you move to 5G, how is that going to impact those clients? Mm-hmm. Or your location may be, I, I was, um, uh, last month, I was in Endicott, Nebraska, which is about an hour and a half southwest of Lincoln. 
127 people in, in the whole you know, city. Wow. And there's, there's a manufacturing plant called Endicott Clay Products. They make brick. So mm-hmm. they make brick, but they make brick that they, that they use like on Lucas Oil's uh, stadium. And it's really cool, thin brick, but you can hardly get cell service out there, more or less internet service. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how are you guys going to be able to keep up? Because you, you've got a lot of clients in, in, uh, around the country who will be on 5G and, and you will be almost, have you guys thought about that? Right. A- right. And their answer was, we haven't thought about that. Right. Right. So let's start thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not uncommon, especially in our profession, but you're starting to see more and more um, people in our profession starting to pay attention to stuff like this because it, it, they're starting to realize it's like, look, this is just the way things are going to be from now on. And, and this new stuff is, is going to continue to have impacts. We need to start figuring out what we need to do about it. So there's still, it, it's baby steps, but I think they're starting to move in the right direction. Which is encouraging. And you mentioned Alexa. So I'm a member of the National Speakers Association. I will say that Daniel Burris is also a member of the National Speakers Association. He's a certified speaking professional, and he's in the the Speaker Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So he's he's kind of one of those high profile guys. But in this month's magazine, they talk about how do we how can we use Alexa when we're on stage. Mm-hmm. And I went, I, interesting. And, and but there's a way that, and I actually tested this out. There's a way. That you can go in and actually program Alexa to respond to certain commands that you create, not mm-hmm. that Amazon creates. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's kind of cool. So I'm kind of in the process now of trying to figure out how I can bring Alexa with me to interact with the audience in a way that obviously people stay awake because what? Alexa's able to communicate. That would be really cool. Yeah, so if, if if I get it done, I'll have it, I'll have it recorded. But how can we, as as accounting professionals, use Alexa in that manner? Uh, let's let's talk about um, Jody Paydar, mm-hmm. and she's now uh, in a, is it a joint venture partnership with with Botkeeper, right? Botkeeper, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Botkeeper is. You can probably explain it better than I can. I'm a, I'm still a little fuzzy on the whole bot type of thing, but it, it's it's uh, again these these kind of robotic assistants that that do things for you, and and uh, you know again it's just another example of technology that's going to be impacting our profession and and um, making things a little different, a little chaotic, and and. In typical fashion, Jody is saying she's she's one of the outliers in our profession. <laughs> always trying to figure this stuff out before anybody else. So she's she sees something new that she thinks is going to have an impact, and she dives right in. and And she's done that time and time again. And, and this is just another example. So, um, but she's actually, I mean, yes, yeah, as you said, working closely with them. That's how that's how uh, much potential she believes that bo- the bots have. That's how much impact she thinks they're going to have on this profession. So she wanted to be right there at the forefront of it. And it's really going to be interesting to see how, how all that shakes out. Yeah, I, I remember when I interviewed her about a year or so ago, she was talking about bots. And I, I, I pulled out the baby boomer card. I go, what is that? Oh, it's a bot. <laughs> and she pulled out the millennial card. And she started, and I still couldn't get my mind around it. But, but lately, I've been able to have a better understanding. And even talking with her, she said, you could... We could create a bot that you could do all of your accounting within your business, have everything reconciled, done, you know, tied up, yeah. and you just give the information out to your CPA to do the taxes. Versus, I have them do my reconciliations and make sure that my my checking accounts all. Oh sure. And, sure. And, yeah. So it's, well, it's a great. I mean, it's a great service for 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 small businesses. This whole idea of automated bookkeeping. Um. And, and and the story that she she told me was uh, she the the botkeeper folks said that they 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 were working with a small business and they, they actually named their bots uh, apparently um, <laughs> like human names and there was uh, uh, one client came in at one point and said you know what I I, I came in to meet uh, I don't know what name they had given him but like let's just, let's just call him Leon. You know, I came in to meet Leon, and and they had to explain to this guy that you know Leon's not an actual person; he's he's just the name that we give this this machine over here. So, but that's that's that that's kind of you know blurring the lines between between uh, 
people and, and machines. And, and that's what technology is doing nowadays. So, but interesting stuff. Yeah, we're, we're paying attention to, to how that's moving as well. We're, we're real interested to see where, where all that goes. Let's go to the top of the accounting profession. Back in August of last year, you released an episode where you interviewed Barry Melanson. Yeah. And it was titled, We Won't Recognize the Accounting and Finance Profession in 10 Years. Yeah, he's he, Barry's kind of famous for for saying that, and and, and he, he qualified. I heard him speak at a conference not too long ago, and he actually qualified that. He said, "You know, I I, I tend to say ten years. It's really more like five, but I I just don't want to scare people, you know. <laughs> so right. um, I'm glad you said that because I've always felt it's more five than ten. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean that that's the type of impact that the, these trends are having. And and it's not just technology trends either. I mean, it's you know when you talk about things like demographics and the fact that uh, baby boomers continue to retire at a rate of about uh, ten thousand a day, and and who's going to step in and, and fill that kind of experience gap? The next generation in line are are are, are my folks, the Gen Xers, who when there's not there's not nearly enough of us around to 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 take over those uh, to fill that gap. Uh, just it's just a numbers game. I mean, that's another hard trend. So that's having an impact as well. Um, the whole demographic shakeup. But yeah, the, it's uh, be, between technology and and demographics and and legislation and regulation. The the profession is is changing. So going back to blockchain, I mean, one of the things that they're looking at is, you know, the as I said, the impact on audit and various working with with a number of groups to say, okay, well, if if audit is evolving, how might auditors have to evolve as well? What what's the changing role for auditors going forward? And so they're looking at what the auditor of the future actually looks like. And and they may end up doing very different things from what they're doing today. So I, I think that's what he means in, in a certain sense. It is, it, it's changing, but you know, if, Things have always changed. It, right. In a certain way, none of this is new. It's just happening faster now than it ever has. And it's kind of thrown us for a loop. But things have always changed and we've always evolved. You know, people talk about all the jobs that are going to be automated away, and there will be some, but they have those discussions without really realizing that all these new technologies are going to create as many or more jobs as the ones they destroy. And new technology does that. It, it, you know, so we will evolve as well. And it's, it's, it's always been that way and, and it always will be. We're just going to have to learn how to do it faster now. And, and I think I, I've heard it explained to me that and I, it was Tom or, or Daniel Burr or someone, you know, when, when things change, it's kind of a slow kind of a change. And, and this has kind of crept up on us. And it's happened. It's not, a, it's not like a linear line. It's like a hockey stick. It's, mm-hmm. you know, things have happened. Things are happening. We went from the, the um, uh, LP to the cassette to the eight track. And then all of a sudden, yeah. but obviously it's now a hockey stick. It gets to that exponential change and boom, it just shoots straight yeah. up. And that's, expo- that's exponential growth in a nutshell. It's gradual. Um, almost to the point of you, you don't notice it, and then it's sudden, gradual, and then sudden. And and we're about halfway up that that hockey stick at, at, at this point. Things are just changing. We are now in that exponential phase, right? It, it's just unbelievable the the things that are happening, and it's really exciting in a, in a way to be to be living in this time because, my gosh, I'll, think about the stuff that we're going to see in very short order. It's 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 pretty uh, mind blowing. But you know the one thing. I'll go old school. Somebody shared this with me the other day, and went, "We, you know, do you remember the time when, when we had the cassette tape, mm-hmm. and we had we had the, the kept it in that plastic container? Oh, of course. In, in the north, if you didn't have a, a, a scraper, ice scraper, that was your ice scraper. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never be able to experience using a cassette." tape as an ice scraper. Well, your, you know, and I, I was trying to explain to my daughter too this this concept. So she had just made a uh, a playlist on Spotify. She's mm-hmm. a fan and, and loves Spotify. And she she put together this playlist of some of her favorite songs for a friend. Um, and I was trying to explain to her the concept of making a mixtape and, and how long that took back in the day. <laughs> you know, and if you screwed up you had to go back and erase it and and it, it's just foreign concept to her in, in an age where you can just go in and, and find all your songs and put them in one spot and there you go. But uh, 
but yeah, that's that's a, you know it's another example of how th- how quickly things have changed. The, the one thing I've, I've, I've I, it struck me in, in Barry's conversation with you, he mentioned story, and obviously that's a big you know on my radar all the time. But he talked a lot about we need to be better storytellers. Mm-hmm. That's how the profession is evolving, and that's a skill that doesn't develop overnight; develops over time. Yeah, uh, but I was I was I was really happy that he he mentioned that because obviously I've been talking about that that for a while. And it goes back to the, to those soft skills, the, the the communication skills. But you know, it's not a data dump. It, it, there's the, sto- yeah. the numbers don't move themselves. People move the numbers. Right. So, right. Something has to happen. A transaction. Something has to happen from a human in order for numbers to move. So our job is to get behind those numbers, find out what it is, and then be able to tell the story. To those above, and it's yeah. not a data dump, or a, a, it's more. There's an emotional connection within those numbers. Something had to happen, and just finding that. And, and the, he he talked a little bit about about that aspect on how the profession is changing. Yep, yep. We and and you're right. We and you know this better than anybody. <laughs> we have to become better storytellers. I mean, there was a. A, a study that came out two, three years ago now. It was, it's done by the Sleater Group, actually. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out, you know, what are the top reasons why a, a client might leave their CPA? And the number one reason they found was that, in essence, that my CPA wasn't future ready. I think the actual response was, my, my CPA provides me with reactive services and, instead of proactive advice. Mm-hmm. They they want us to be more future ready and help them to become future ready and and doing that means being able to to tell those stories behind the numbers. They don't just want you to to crunch out another tax return for them. They want you to help them understand how their business is evolving and and what they need to do about it. And that requires us to to be better storytellers. So that's a, yeah, that's another skill that we need to learn. I wish I wish my accountant would, would be more along those lines. I, I know I have some challenges in my business, as all small business owners do. But the ability for the, for them to stop for a moment and say, "Hey, Pete, I, I, looking at this, have you ever thought about this? Or maybe you need to do that? Or maybe this would be a better product or, or line that that could help you keep some." But I I I, I don't get that that type of advice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think no matter how large or small you are, just by making having that conversation also helps retain the business because my I have a wandering eye now. My 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 eyes wander to maybe I need to find another CPA to, to help me in my business. We 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 work very closely with a firm in Maryland. They 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 kind of famously told a story one time, not too long ago, about they were they were talking with a, a potential client. And in the process of that, that kind of getting to know you phase, the, the, the firm, the member of the firm asked the, the potential client, well, where do you want to take your business? Where, I mean, what do you see when you look at the future of this business? Where do you eventually want to go with it? And uh, I think it took a few more minutes, but they said that the, the potential new client gave them their business that day. And they asked him, I mean, it was that quick. And, and, and the firm said, can I ask why? And they said, you know, no one has ever asked me that question before. No one has ever asked me what, what a, kind of a future-focused question about my business. And that tells me that you guys care about where I'm going and, and want to help me get there. And, you know, those kind of conversations are going to be crucial Going forward, I mean, we we need to be able to to help walk our our clients and customers into the into the future. And in order to do that, we need to to be there before them. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I may know the firm that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You said a Maryland based, about two about three locations in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they are very in, in a lot of different ways, but they they are very much future proof and future ready. Yeah, they're they're one they're one of the firms. One they were one of the first to kind of embrace that Daniel Burr's notion of anticipation and go through that AOAF program and, and try to become a little bit more anticipatory themselves. So they were they were walking the talk there. Yeah, exactly. The, the one episode I do want to talk about because as as I was scrolling through, I I, I missed this one, so I haven't heard it. You interviewed Sally Hogshead. 
Yeah, that was that was an interesting conversation. She she so this was at the I, the CCH user conference back okay. in October. She was the closing keynote speaker there. So she, Sally is is a marketing ex- expert and just a, a, a terrific speaker. And I'm I'm trying to dig up the the actual. Bear with me while I look for yeah. it. Here. She she put on a, a great closing keynote at the CCH user conference in which she talked about how to set yourself apart from the competition. The best way to do that was. And, and the, the, the phrase that she bantered about over and over again was that we're, we're in a, a point in time where different is better than better, right? We have to focus on what makes us different uh, and not necessarily why we might be better than somebody else. Because chances are, you know, we might be better, but when it comes to doing the stuff that we do, you know, there are other people out there who can who can do what we do pretty well too. So, why we do it or what makes us different from them is is really going to be the differentiator. So she, she's actually come up with this kind of matrix of sorts that she calls the fascination advantage, where you can find your sweet spot and really get to the heart of what makes you different than everybody else out there. And it was it was a it was a great conversation. That that was that was a fun that was a fun conversation. Yeah, she's um she's up in the uh, speaker hall of fame, and I've heard her name ever since the day I walked into the National Speakers Association to the organization. I keep hearing I've never met her, so when I was scrolling through here, I went, "Wow!" And uh, you were talking about the, the, that matrix. I think I'm looking in your show notes. I think you can find it at www.howtofascinate.com. Com. That's that's right. So and and she actually created uh, a, a code that people who listen to the podcast can use to to take the assessment for free at the website if, if they're interested. It's, it's again howtofascinate.com slash u. That's y o u. And if you go there and you enter the code futureproof, all one word, capital F, capital P. Um, you'll be able to take Sally's assessment. And again, it's just she she looks at seven characteristics, right? She calls them innovation, passion, power, prestige, trust, mystique, and alert. And somewhere in the intersection of those seven things is is your sweet spot, what really defines you and makes you different from everybody else out there. And it, it sounds a little touchy-feely, but it's not. It's really, I mean, we she had everybody in the audience take the assessment before the keynote and it, it's pretty eye-opening stuff so i mean yeah I, i'd go there and just play around with it because uh it, it, it could help you find uh, one or two things that you can focus on that that sets you apart from everybody else out there uh you know I, I do a lot of work with with eos and helping folks implement this this business operating system and one of the things we talk about when we talk about marketing is is your uniques your three uniques what what sets you apart, and that becomes part of the message that you deliver to the world. So that was a, it was a, it was a really powerful message that that Sally offered. That was that was, and 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 she was very gracious to to take the time and sit down with me after after the uh, keynote and actually have a one on one conversation. So that was that was a fun fun interview to do. So if I ever meet her, I'm going to drop your name and say, "You, Bill interviewed you on his podcast. Can I get some time on my podcast and interview you there as well? You yeah, she was, she was very gracious. And, and I have to thank the folks at CCH for setting that one up too. They, they've, been, they've been really helpful over the years. They, that's where uh, I met Daniel Burris for the first time, as a matter of fact. He was a keynote speaker at the, the CCH user conference four or five years ago. And I, I just asked the folks at CCH, would, would I be able to, to get five or 10 minutes with him either before or after his talk? And they said, sure, we'll, we'll make that happen. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, they can only say no, um, right. that's the worst that can happen. So, and, and on the other side, you, if, if they say yes, you get to talk to some pretty cool people. So, yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll go, we'll go full circle here with, with, with Daniel Burris. Now he is the co-chair for our annual convention for National Speakers Association. And uh, the annual convention, the the theme of it is transformation. There you go. And he talks a lot about, we're, we're past the time of change. Yeah. We're, we're, in the, we're in the area of transformation. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Denver 
and seeing what they lay out as it relates to transformation for our profession and, and take some of that and say, well, how does that also equate to the transformation of the accounting profession? Right, right. Yeah, no, it, and, and he's, he's kind of famous for saying, uh, you know, when it comes to transformation, you, you, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a couple of really powerful examples out there. I mean, Uber, for one. <laughs> we always talk about Uber, but it's a, it's a great uh, example of, of uh, a, a new um, service that came from outside the industry it was impacting and completely turned it on, on its head, right? I mean, Airbnb is another one. So, you, right. you know, I mean, hotels probably weren't really paying attention to what they were doing outside the profession not so long ago, but all of a sudden in swoops Airbnb and completely turns it upside down. So that's what worries me a little bit about our profession is that there's somebody out there somewhere working on something Mm. that um, may very well end up transforming what we do. So we need to learn how to start looking for stuff like that early. You know, that's, that's, that's what anticipation anticipation is is all about. And the key there, well, L has to be greater than C squared. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Tom, Tom Hood's kind of personal uh, formula for for keeping yourself relevant. The L is your the, the pace at which you learn. C squared is the pace of change and the pace at which your competition is is changing. So change in competition. So it basically it just means you got to continuously learn nowadays. Um, just always be learning new stuff. Always be upskilling. So that's, that's kind of a, the catchphrase of the day is, mm. is continually making yourself better. Uh, the, the quote I always love Kim, comes from uh, Robert Safian, who's the editor of Fast Company. Uh, a couple of years ago, wrote an article in which he said that, you know, we're living in a time where the most important skill any of us can have is the ability to learn new skills. And that's never going to change. Tom, again, is, is kind of famous for saying that things will never be as slow as they are right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're just going to continually speed up. And, and the only way we can hope to, to kind of ride that out is just free ourselves up to, to become lifelong learners. So. And invest in yourself. Don't look at it as a cost. Look at it as an investment. And this has nothing to do with compliance and our licensing. Yep. It's, it's way beyond that learning aspect. Yep. So before we wrap up, do you always, you're an avid consumer of books. You read a lot of books. So we've got some that similar. I have to ask, what's the book uh, that, that you've read recently that has just blown you away? Oh my gosh. Um, there's been a number of them. The Culture Code is one. That was a good one. I want to look up the author to make sure that I get it right. But it was... Okay, so uh, The Culture Code, The Secrets of Highly Successful Groups. And it's by Daniel Coyle. That was a really great book. Daniel Pink's latest book. It's not brand new, but it came out last year. It's called When. And his the whole premise was that how you do what you do is important, but equally important is when you do what you do. The science of secret of, of perfect timing, I think it was the, the subtitle. But but he makes the point that that when we decide to do something often has as much impact and as as how we do it, which which was a, a, a really cool concept, but it was a great book. Tom Peters' latest book is fantastic. It's called The Excellence Dividend. He's always great, but mm-hmm. uh, those three really stick out of one uh, among books that I, I read last year. Um, yeah. What do you read? What do you read now? Oh, uh, right now I am reading. Hold on, it's right here. <laughs> I've got three of them in order. There's the One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey, um, <laughs> which I, I haven't read, but I've heard it's great by Kenneth Blanchard. So the monkey story kind of goes like this: it, it's this idea of of leadership and management, right? Right. People come into your office. Uh, with their their problems, their issues, uh, you look at those problems and issues as monkeys sitting on their shoulders, right? And what the, right. what those people are trying to do is give you their monkey, right? Get the get this thing off my shoulder here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, what happens is you got a, uh, an office full of monkeys, and and you can't get anything done, right? <laughs> so your, your your goal has to be to to send them out with their monkey still attached to their shoulders, right? So that that's that that. The, the kind of the concept. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to reading that one. The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. 
And I've heard a number of different people recommend this one. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it, it comes highly recommended by all the people that I turn to when I'm looking for new books to read. I say, okay, well, what are the best new books? And the, this one was at the top of the list. So The Art of Gathering, that's going to be another one that I'm looking forward to reading right now. And But the one that I'm reading right now is, okay, so it's kind of weird. I am I have become certified as a, a personal trainer in my spare time. And you have, wait, 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 wait. You have spare time? No, no, not really. <laughs> don't don't um, say that out loud. Tom will put more <laughs> stuff on your plate, man. <laughs> no. It's 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 my trip into the bizarro world where I actually find the, the time to do stuff like that. But so I, I got certified as a personal trainer. Personal trainers have to have a certain amount of continuing education every couple of years to keep their licenses. So right now I'm becoming uh, specialized in, in fitness nutrition. So I'm reading a nutrition uh, textbook, a little dry. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it um, for everybody, but uh, it, very interesting and eye-opening in a lot of ways. I'll, I'll let you know how that one comes out. Well, that's cool. Congratulations on being certified as a personal trainer. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, I don't know. It's just something that that I, I mean, I I spend a lot of time in the gym and I just enjoy it. And I just thought, you know, this this might be a way that I can help people in my later years. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see. It's 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 been a lot of fun though. Oh, cool. Well, Bill, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time. I always enjoy our conversations. Congratulations on the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing because, man, I, I love it. it. It's strong and it's just not because it's you and MACPA, but you you, do, you really do a great job on it and I, I commend you for that. And, and thanks for all that you and MACPA is doing to help the accounting profession evolve. My pleasure. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, always, always fun to talk to you, Peter. Thank you for having me. All right, bud. Now that you've listened to this episode, my question to you, are you future-proof? The answer is probably not. So take some time, plot out a path to help you become ready for the future. By the way, start today. Not tomorrow, start today. You can find 10 minutes out of your busy, busy schedule. And take that 10 minutes to reflect on what does it mean to be future-proof? And then each day, add on another 10 minutes and say, how can I become better prepared for the future? What skills do I need to put in my toolbox? Now, this is not going to happen overnight. But if you take 10 minutes, if you take these baby steps, you'll end up reaching your goal a lot quicker than you thought. But you have to do it every single day. So thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.